3: and find their salads and salad kits at your local
4: Harris Teeter. Welcome to Worst Year Ever, a production of iHeartRadio.
5: Assassinating my Archduke Franz Ferdinand. So happenstance. <laughs> Have we I started? I stole that from you. Yes. Cool. Because Cody says, "What's hap's in my bergs?" And I was like, "I can." You just yes and that. I can take a little take spin that. on that.
2: Yeah, lead it, lead it, lead it, lead it
5: somewhere Katie. else. You know. If you were going to kill the heir to the Austro-Hungarian throne in Sarajevo mm. in 1914. How would you have done it?
4: um well, look, all I can do is my first instinct and the the word that came
5: to my mind was crossbow 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 yeah. now that's fascinating, Katie, because a lot of people would have said, you know nineteen fourteen guns are hip and mm-hmm, new, but you're mm-hmm. you're you're not you're not beholden to trends
4: look i I'm still even on modern day guns, they scare me. I feel mm-hmm. like an old time gun would just knock me on my ass.
5: So crossbow crossbow it is. Okay. It is. Yes, well, I could
4: definitely wield that.
5: I, I respect your willingness to go old school when assassinating the heir to the Austro-Hungarian throne and setting off a series of uh what's Thank the thing that fall over in a line?
4: Houses what, of cards. Wars. No,
5: no, no, no. Dominoes. <laughs> dominoes. <laughs> dominoes. That's the one. I respect your willingness to I set like... those dominoes off with a crossbow, Katie. That's Look, I'm a, I'm a,
4: a classic kind of gal.
5: Yeah, that's no, my I, whole that's, vibe. That's, that's, that's honorable. You know, a lot of people would say if you're going to assassinate the heir to the Austro-Hungarian throne, you gotta you gotta honor our new age of technological progress. But you say no. Mm-mm, you can. I'm kill not one of those. Embrace tradition. Anything. Embrace yeah. tradition That's right But in my own
4: way Because like The most obvious answer Me being a woman Would be To use poison And I'm poison, not gonna sure. I'm gonna push back Against that Because I think It's a gender stereotype mm-hmm. It's a cop out uh, right. And there's a lot of room For error yeah, Not like if, with the yeah.
2: crossbow fra- fra- frames women As deceitful <laughs> Yeah Right mm-hmm. It does I'll just,
5: I'll, I don't need to hide I'll do it Exactly. And I'll just say it, if you poison Archduke Franz Ferdinand, people might go, well, maybe he died naturally, yeah. and then there's no World War One. and if there's no World War One, what are we even doing here?
4: What are we even
2: doing here? You gotta make it clear, ideally you get away with it, but it yeah. needs to be a clear
5: assassination. You gotta, you gotta assassinate the Archduke of Austria-Hungary, clearly. I think we can all agree on that. Well, yeah. this leads At least us naturally into our subject for today.
2: Yeah,
4: very seamless.
5: How do y'all feel about infrastructure?
2: You, really glad you didn't say Biden. <laughs> <laughs>
5: <laughs> no, we'll save that for when we finally get Bernie Sanders on the show and can tell yeah. him about He's gonna the get best it, get ways it. to assassinate yeah, get sitting presidents. Yeah, give him should... number two. Bernie, mm-hmm. do it a second time. <laughs> mm-hmm.
4: Um, yeah, we should we should talk about some infrastructure probs.
5: We should also and then, talk and about
4: lead to other things.
5: The screenplay that I'm writing. That's just Terminator 2, but with Bernie Sanders instead of Arnold Schwarzenegger. Mm-hmm. Okay, do so you want to do that John now? Instead of John Connor, it's it's Joe Biden. Oh that's no! I pretty fun. much laid it all out. I <laughs> yeah, that's, that's <laughs> enough. I got enough info. Shot <laughs> shot for shot, right? Well, yeah, he comes um, back when Biden's fighting Corn Pop, and then mm-hmm. and then Corn Pop and Biden have to team up in order to fight a robotic Bernie Sanders. <laughs> Pitch it to Ben dollars. Shapiro's company. Yeah, we can make it work. Okay.
4: Okay, infrastructure. Um, <laughs> infrastructure. <laughs> just, wait, just wait for the Yeah, deepfakes. guys. Yeah. Uh, end of last week, Biden announced, uh, with great fanfare, that's fun, that Dems and Republicans have made a deal on in infrastructure. He did it, you know? He, bi- so you he know fucking did good. it. He bridged he yeah. bridged the divide.
5: He did finally did the thing that is the entire reason he told people to vote for him.
4: He pulled through. Except wait, did he? <laughs> What's this? Here's I'm going to read from Vox. For a moment last week, President Joe Biden's vision of a deal-making bipartisan Senate that gets big things done for the American people looked like it could soon become a reality. With Biden's Mm. announcement that the Democrats and Republicans have a deal on infrastructure, it seemed both sides in Washington, D.C. were on the verge of coming together to pass a large bill, one that would not only help rebuild America's roads and bridges, but also potentially move to tackle climate change, expand access to broadband internet, and remove lead from drinking water. All of those sentences, I just want to go at... "Mm." But anyway, I'm going to keep going here. Yeah. <laughs> then things got complicated. Biden said he wouldn't sign the deal if congressional Democrats didn't also pass a separate reconciliation bill enacting the rest of his agenda. That invited a Republican revolt, as previous backers like Senators Lindsey Graham and Jerry Morin threatened to pull support. Uh, though Biden has walked back his remarks, it's still not clear if the infrastructure deal can now get the 10 Republican votes it needs to overcome a filibuster in the Senate. Um, I just wanted to start off with that because I thought it was fun. He had a a moment of of celebrating. There was just this big announcement of this bipartisan deal that I immediately was like, okay, really?
2: Yeah, you got all the, um, you got all the hits there. You got your Romney in the background. Uh, mm-hmm. you got your cinema. You got the whole cruise there. They wanted the a gang. win.
4: They wanted a win after the, the epic failure of of voting rights. Um, but yeah, mm. basically this deal. Uh, yeah. that was announced and enjoyed a few hours of media victory uh, was already barely ga- get getting enough support as it was. See, that's
2: um, why we call it the art of the deal. Because the you don't actually need to do the deal, but you need to present you just it need though to though you are the deal maker. Deal I'm the deal maker. I had the conference. I said if so. There's
4: one thing we've learned from the last fucking forever. Um, <laughs> yeah, no. but So the only reason <laughs> that this tenuous deal... Uh, came to V because you removed a lot of the big picture items that we desperately need, uh, especially ones that focus on climate change. Uh, and the plan, you know, as announced would be to push some of these other things through during the reconciliation process, which were more likely to get uh, enough support more likely. It's not for sure. Because yeah, the uh because be then lower. when you do that then you got the Joe Manson saying I don't want anything that's too political, etc. Joe's
5: Mansion, yeah. Joe's I Mansion. I love politicians who are like, hey, let's not let's mansion. not get political here."
4: Yeah. It's it's a little frustrating. Right now I'm Ooh. feeling fr- we're going to talk about some climate change and some some of the the shit that we're seeing happening around the country in this episode. But for me, Uh, As we talk about infrastructure and we see this pretty typical display happening right now. I'm very frustrated by the lack of consensus from everybody at how fucking dire and urgent it is that we need to to address these climate change related issues. The the infrastructure, our cities, we're going to talk about it, but we're not built to withstand The changes that we're seeing. No, I
5: mean, I'm up in Oregon right now, which
4: yesterday
5: from when we record this and a couple of days ago from when you listen to it was like one of like literally the three or four hottest places on planet Earth. Um, We we had two days in a row in Portland where and other parts of Oregon, obviously, where it was hotter. And again, Portland and, and you know, Oregon, Northern Oregon, than it has ever been in Florida. Florida, you may recognize, mm. as much further south than Oregon. Um,
4: the entire it's, northwest. and is then the
5: place yeah, that's very close to Canada. To...
4: And yeah. Canada. No, Canada. Yeah, I mean, I've got notes Canada. for our later sections on all of this. And but, yeah. Canada
5: got that hot. Well, got very hot in the triple digits. Um, and in addition to it just being a horrible sign that, that it could get this hot here, um, because it's we're, we're close to like 10 degrees above the highest ever that we'd gotten in this part of the world, um it's shown some weaknesses in our infrastructure there were roads buckling um the power grid did compared to texas and I, I i'll talk about texas in a second it did better than texas i will give us that but why it did better than texas is that only about half less than half i think of of families in um in portland have an air conditioner and up in seattle where it was about the same temperature um, it was even fewer than that, because it, Seattle has the lowest rate of air, conditionings, air conditioning systems per home of any, any city in the United States. Um, so we did okay. There were some outages. It wasn't too bad up here during the heat wave. But one of the things that has been reported on as a result of the heat wave in the days leading up to it, people bought out all of the air conditioners that mm-hmm. were in stores in the P&W. And while we're out right now, more are going to be coming in. And throughout the summer, people are going to keep buying AC. And it's it's probable we'll be okay this summer because it's going to take people a while to get them installed. Maybe we don't have a heat wave the rest of this summer that's quite as bad as it was earlier this summer. It's hard to say right now. But what I'm mainly worried about, and it could become a problem later this summer, but I'm mainly worried about next summer, you're going to have a much higher rating of people in, in Washington and in Oregon with AC, and that's going to strain the, the power grid. In addition, we've already had issues with the grid. Like, we had to take our, um, a big chunk of our public transit system offline because they were basically streetcars that have these, you know, streetcars run on a, um, uh, like they're, they're, they're wired into the power grid, right? They're electric. And, um, we had, um, the power lines connecting the streetcars to the grid uh, fraying, um, and there's I think some debate as to whether or not they actually melted, or the heat just kind of weakened the structural integrity enough that friction was able to wear through the lines. But either, either way, way not way, good. Not good, and <laughs> evidence that like we're we're having, and there have been other problems with when we talk about infrastructure. Um, climate change is obviously a critical part of that, but it's it's much more complicated than kind of just the fact that it's hotter or just the fact that we're getting more rain or more snow. Because earlier this year, Portland got more snow than it had gotten in decades, and that caused problems too. Um, But there's other issues. One of them is that uh, we are chronically understaffed right now in our hospitals, and there's a variety of reasons for that. A lot of it comes down to the fact that due to COVID, we lost a lot of healthcare workers, which everywhere in the country did. Um, It's been particularly bad in northern Oregon, Um, And it's led to and it's not been like I I have a friend who works at one of the local hospitals who's been saying things along the lines of, hey, don't go to the hospital, like don't get hurt, basically, because we don't have any extra space. Um, And that's tied into a variety of things. Obviously, the fact the plague is tied into climate change, but it's just in general, we're in this we're in this constantly escalating problem of different things in our society being tested and wearing against each other and fraying and when one thing breaks there's no time to fix it before the next set of things breaks like one of the things that came out in the news the same week as we got hit by this fucking heat wave which strained our infrastructure here in the northwest so much is that um for a variety of reasons we don't have enough chlorine to properly filter our water it was a supply Mm. chain issue um and it's again Probably gonna be okay this time, but it's going to happen again, and eventually, for whatever reason, it won't be okay. You know, that's yeah. the way this shit keeps going, and um, it's 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 just continuing to be a real problem. And I for personally
4: everybody. am not feeling confident in any leaders anywhere no. at leading the charge in proactively addressing some of these things, like the things that are in this bill that have now been removed to go into the reconciliation process, all of this stuff to be negotiated and squabbled over needed to happen a long time ago. You know, these changes needed to be in place. We need to be proactively um, facing the reality of the situation because it's not, it's not going to get better. It's going to get worse and it's going to, have an exponential event as more of these cracks start to build.
5: Yeah, and that's that's the thing yeah. is that when the cracks show themselves if you don't fix them, if you just kind of paper over them, which is generally what we do, then the next thing that hits that crack also gets wider and it eventually exacerbates whatever problem is happening. Like for example, we were talking about healthcare right? The problem, the shortage of qualified healthcare workers started years before COVID. You could find stories saying, we've got tens of thousands fewer doctors than we need to meet demand. We're short on cardiologists. We're short on nurses. We're short on healthcare workers. This was a problem that had been escalating on and off for more than a decade. And then we got hit by COVID. And that made it worse. And now- everybody's coming back and we suddenly have this situation where people are like zooming back to do the things they couldn't do during covid and as a result more of them are getting into car accidents or whatever and we've got more people getting heat stroke and that puts further strain on the system which has just been weakened it's this um it's this I mean it's part of the problem with the way just we've decided our society is going to run where we never fix a problem mm-hmm. we just uh, freak out over it Put a while Band-aid it's on. at it's most obvious yeah and we respond to on. it
2: eventually yeah. Um, yeah maybe the conversations are uh, sh- well, maybe it's yeah. the conversation It shifts uh, so seamlessly from one to the other and part of it is you know for decades Republicans denied that it even existed and then they went to like okay it might exist and then it's like okay it might exist but we don't have anything to do with it and it's like okay it might exist we might have had something to do with it and maybe we'll do something and so on and so forth. Uh, but like now it's just seems like it is like, well, this is just how it is. We're accepting that mm-hmm. we're like, I like every few days, there's like a new article. Like, by the way, millions of people will die. Yeah. Uh, Can I retell you
4: this thing from Twitter sure a couple of yes. days ago? Um, I'm not sure if you guys saw this. It didn't garner that much attention. Um, As far as I could tell, a city in Pakistan, Jacobabad, I believe that's how you pronounced it, is now recording temperatures that scientists are believing surpass the thresholds of humans uh, being able to live. We're talking like 127 degrees Fahrenheit. um, And yeah, it's this mixture of heat and humidity uh, has made it one of only two places on Earth to now officially uh, have passed that threshold. It won't be the last those two places you know this is yeah. this is happening now
5: yeah i mean right and this week yeah. we're this hitting oh sorry yeah. no that not no, this no. week this yeah we're we're we've we've been hitting for a while 129 130 degree temperatures in the middle east um and with the heat index in places like baghdad in the next week it's supposed to be like <laughs> over 140 unbelievable um, which is <laughs> uninhabitable you know, we'll, Kill your ass, yeah. And that this has been happening for a while. We just we freak out a lot more when it's in the Pacific Northwest, both because it doesn't have a reputation for being hot, and also because you know white people. Um, sure, as opposed to you know, people, our in skin's Iraq. not right. equipped yeah. for it. Yeah, and, and just like in general, we people don't care when bad things happen to Iraq, but it is yeah. like that—that's who's going Unless, to be yeah, dying comes in to your, mass. Once first. it comes
2: to your neighborhood, that's.
5: And that that right. it, again, I keep talking about like the loops that get set up by this. So, right, one of the loops that we've all been dealing with the consequences of for a while is this This modern surge in the far right was driven to a, to a meaningful extent um, by the refugee crisis that started in 2011 as a result of primarily the Syrian civil war, but a bunch of different fighting that broke out after the Arab Spring brought a lot of refugees, particularly into Europe. This was a major driver of recruitment and a big driver of like a lot of propaganda that the far right globally and in Europe in particular uh, spun off on. We saw the same thing in the United States, right? We all remember 2016, Trump made a bu- lot of bones about all these refugees coming in from Muslim countries. Um, and we're going to see an increased number of climate refugees in the yep. next decade and you know beyond. Um, and those climate refugees and, and that increasing immigration crisis um, at least that's how it's going to be framed by by people who um, have an interest in scaring people over immigration is going to drive more support to the far right, which is going to cause an increase in these kind of policies that exacerbate the problems we're already having, climate change and whatnot. And it's this, again, these, these feedback loops keep um, feeding into one another and making everything worse. And you can't just... The problem that like liberals in particular, but also the left, because I mean the left hasn't figured out any solution to this, Like, and if people on the left who are like, whatever, I don't know, Dengists or Marxist or whatever, tell you, no, I've got the solution, I've got the solution. Well, none of them's figured it out. None of them's actually done anything that has broken this cycle, um, because we keep getting stuck in these reactive loops. Everyone in the fragmented left is stuck in these reactive loops, either yelling at other people who are not as far left or... Yelling at the right, but not actually proposing anything that's going to break this reinforcing cycle of acceleration. Um, And that's actually what needs to happen. Like we can't just keep reacting to the problem, um, to the problems, because that that just continues to feed into the cycle, really, because reaction is a part of this. this And a reaction is
4: not enough. There's no reaction isn't fixing the problem. He isn't doing anything and it's not being proactive. I would love to have – I mean we need – every single politician needs to have this as the forefront of their agenda. We need legislation. I mean there's so much. I, I don't know. Just just to even mitigate what's happening and to prepare for what is coming. This is this is outside yeah. of even investing in
2: – uh, make water a right.
4: <laughs> sure. Nip it, yeah. nip it in the bud. Yeah.
2: yeah, there's a well because it's not it's not just gonna be like the like climate refugees from other countries like it will be, be cross state lines us. like we're gonna have like there will be areas in the United States that will be unlivable and what did they what did those people do where do, like they're gonna just you know what's the Shapiro idea get just like sell your home and move
5: yeah um. I mean, we already have that happening in uh, uh, in Oregon. A bunch of Californians are co- yeah. coming up to Portland for, for for a while because of the increase. Because a lot of California is in a desperate state right now with the fires um, and with the drought, and has a lot been, of drought going on.
4: Yeah, yeah and so been getting it's worse Portland. for years.
5: People keep coming up to Portland. Portland's gonna be the same climate as Sacramento yes. in like thirty years. If this, I will say uh,
2: the smartest thing Trump could have done. It's a great idea. Should have gone through with it. Buy Greenland.
5: Shit. Buy Greenland. Should have all... bought, bought Greenland. Mm-hmm. Um, Buy Greenland it. and then truck the water that is in Greenland into California. Mm-hmm. by trucks, um, ideally. It's the most <laughs> efficient yeah, yeah, way it. to move water from one place mm-hmm. to the next. And you could even get like big C-130s to carry the water trucks from Greenland to California. Exactly. Make a spectacle out of Make it. Make a spectacle yeah, out of it. That sounds exactly. good for the
4: environment. It'll be um, great for the environment.
5: Katie.
3: Hand
2: out little flags. Come <laughs> on. Well, water flags.
4: (laughs) We have to take a break, but just bringing it back to infrastructure real quick, I guess just reiterating the thing that I already said, we'll see how this plays out, this pretty predictable partisan drama over something that is so important, so vitally important. Um, But it was hard for me to celebrate the victory dance and the media rollout of he's doing it, folks. Uh, when we're just glossing over the very, very, very dire, uh, things that are at stake here. And, um, and I think that that often gets lost in these conversations about we're doing our best and fuck Joe Manchin and goddamn Mm -hmm. Mitch McConnell and Pelosi's grandstanding, all of that. True. The core here that we all need to be focused on and nobody wants to talk about climate change. The news networks don't Mm. like to air it because it's not, it's a ratings uh, death bomb. But we need to, we need to be talking about this all the time.
5: Yeah, it's a ratings death bomb in part because they're a big part of why it's so bad. This like false equivalency that's continued to be practiced in the fucking media. And there was like, there was a great example of how complicit the media is in this situation getting bad. That's tied into climate change, wasn't directly. There's was a big Washington Post uh, op-ed recently that was about like the war on truth and how the concept of truth is being eroded. And even within that article they felt the need to as they were talking about two forces eroding oh, truth they they said say, well yeah. on the left side you have like the deconstructionists and these other epistemological scholars who were kind of like debating like you know the, the nature of truth and how accurate like a lot of our idea and they're like and then you have like and that's basically one side of what Tucker Carlson is doing and it's like no we- it's fucking not you it, you we we wait a second
2: wait a second
5: they learned. compared
2: fascist yeah. propaganda yeah to, I will like philosophy yeah like We've Pontificating learned... on the nature of truth is the yeah. same? Yeah. That is wild. The, nobody yeah. has
4: learned anything from the past four years. Yep. What the,
2: what the fuck?
4: We What's have like... to take a break. But when we yeah. come back, we'll have more of this. Yeah. Fun talking.
5: When we you will. think
2: about it, talking about truth is the same as lying.
5: Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I will read a quote from the article when we come back and we can... We can deal. Can't with
2: wait. That.
4: That's you something to look wait. forward to, eh?
5: Yeah.
0: Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico.
1: And with available features like the panoramic moonroof, you can sit back, enjoy the wide open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit biotoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places.
3: Did you know that most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate, but not with 80 Acres Farms?
4: And we're, we're back, back with the truth. With
2: the
3: truth.
5: Welcome to Truthcast. Truth truth. Welcome to the, the truth Fact cast. Pod I think truth of America. Time.
4: Truth I time. I don't like
2: this. It's weird. You
5: don't like Truthcast?
2: No, I don't like when you do that True.
5: voice. Truthcast, truth Fact yeah. Pod. Okay. We were talking about this incredible Washington Post article by Lee McIntyre, uh, who's a research fellow at Boston University Lee and the author of a book called Post Truth. He's a senior All fellow at right. the Brookings <laughs> Institute. <laughs> Um mm. uh the article is called a war on truth is raising raging not everyone recognizes we're in it good title broadly accurate statement here's where it becomes bullshit about mm, 60% of the way into the article Attacks on the concept of objective truth are not new. Left-wing attacks on objectivity date at least to the the 1970s, with the rise of academic trends such as deconstructionism and (gasps) postmodernism. Not long after, conservative media began attacking truth systematically, for example, through the rise of demagogues like Rush Limbaugh, who railed against the four corners of deceit, government, academia, science, and the media. So... Again, That's, they um, can't. They can't get. I mean, and the Washington Post is 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 is. If we ever get, you know, a fucking I don't know Nuremberg uh, 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 trial over who was responsible for killing the fucking climate, the Washington Post will be up on the fucking <laughs> dock. They did plenty to um to legitimize the people saying there's no problem or we don't need to do anything yeah. about the problem. They're they're complicit. And this art that article is a perfect example of the complicity of this false equivalency between. People being like, "Hey, we should like maybe reevaluate the way in which we seek truth, uh, as opposed to saying science is a lie." I'm Rush Limbaugh, just like yeah. like yeah.
2: blatantly lying, just like yeah. choosing to lie to mislead people. Is th- that is yeah. what a comparison?
5: It's amazing, Cody. What a, it's that so is fucking good. Uh, I I just um how
2: do you write it's, that? And then somebody read it and was like, you publish. Lee McIntyre no wrote that, that
5: and went back to his, I'm sure, highly paid job at the Brookings Institute being like, actually good things and bad things are the same. Yeah, All right. Like, I'm, like, taking, I'm taking lunch for the day. That's not his shoulders. I did it. Yeah. God. I mean, and that is, we we're talking about infrastructure today and, there's been a continuing, which is a good conversation, actually, and I think a lot of Democrats have actually been a, a positive part of of expanding the conversation of what infrastructure is, right? And I think one of the positive de- developments recently is that there's been an increasing move, and again, Democrats get a lot of credit for this, of pushing for, well, home health care is infrastructure, mm-hmm, child care is infrastructure. A lot of things well, are- Well, I it, think it, that
4: it, those are probably the things that have been- rem- move to the reconciliation. Yes. Package, yeah. I, I, but yeah. I, I'm
5: not trying to be, I'm just trying to be fair. I'm no, not no, I to know. Well, I lie. love that. Of- I just want to yeah.
4: make sure people are clear about what's yeah. happening here. There that was, this is the or- not
5: going to be yeah. the original
4: yeah. thing that he put yeah. out. And we talked about it uh, a couple months ago, um, does have a lot of far reaching things that are not traditionally yeah. considered infrastructure. That would be cool. Um, yeah. but I do not believe they have not put out the actual specifics of this. It's all yes. very vague of this new one, so we oh, do yeah. for sure, but oh, we're yeah, pretty, pretty sure that vague. some of this stuff has been moved. Anyway, sorry, Robert, continue. But it
5: is positive to expand, yes. it, and, and, and again, especially since we keep talking about how this Overton window keeps getting shifted right and shifted right and shifted right, an aspect of shifting it left is expanding. Okay, no, no, infrastructure is not just fucking roads and bridges. It's your family. It's yeah. being taken care of as an individual. It's being able to not wind up triple digits in debt to school, maybe. It's not having healthcare debt maybe it's like a variety of things that haven't traditionally been considered infrastructure, human beings and mm-hmm. our ability to participate positively because we're not drowning in a sea of despair is, is infrastructure. I think truth is infrastructure too. I think a, mm. a, a, a an understanding of like the basics of reality that's widely shared by the the society, is actually crucial infrastructure, um, and yeah. perhaps a, a, even as important as all of the physical infrastructure that gets traditionally looped in there. And I think maybe the biggest problem we have, and you know, even the biggest problem in expanding, you know, the functionality of our traditional of the power system of, of roads and bridges, is this lack of understanding of basic reality. And um, this is this has become increasingly clear. You can tie it into a lot of stuff that's happened recently. It's a problem. So right now, one of the big stories in the United States is that this fucking condo complex in Florida collapsed. Awful. Probably around 160 people are dead. I think there's 11 Um, confirmed deaths as of right now and um, 150 missing.
4: Yeah, 11 confirmed.
5: Um, And and
4: now they're also concerned about the debris that's falling on the rescue and aid workers. It's,
5: It's a nightmare. It's a nightmare, and we... I want to to open this caveat by saying we don't 100% know what caused the collapse, right? There is a decent possibility that this is very tied to global warming, to climate change, whatever, because it seems like a sinkhole was a factor here or may have been. Um, And I found, I mean, you can find a number of studies. I found one from 2018, a case study in Florida, uh, Global Warming Causes an Increase in Sinkhole Collapse. This is a thing that has been documented for some time. It may be a factor here. It may not be. This it may, may not just be. be a factor of Florida has a big boner for deregulation. Um, the governor, a year or so ago, hosted like a deregulathon. I oh. forget exactly how he framed it, talking about like cutting away regulation. Yeah, um, Florida has even mm. before like fuck Desantis, but ye- decades before Desantis, Florida was like one of the least regulated. Um, states in terms of how you could actually build housing right so they put up a lot of weird cheap, i mean their whole movie ho- like yeah yeah
4: so i have a little bit of mm-hmm. information on this yeah, you're completely movement, like yeah you're yeah. completely correct that it you know as they investigate this this might be a part of it and there and it's likely um it it it, 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 it could be a, a contributing factor and everything There have been visible cracks in this building. Um, In Florida, they have to do a review every 30 years. And this building in particular, it sounds like they they brought in an inspector three years ago who notified several.
5: Who seems to have done their job. Seems
4: to have. Well, they apparently just got put on administrative leave. Um, but he didn't they didn't say <laughs> that it was a potentially catastrophic structural stuff, but that they pointed out critical things, you know, yeah. um, in the parking garage and everything. But what's interesting is then, you know, why did it take they were just gearing up to start doing some repairs. and In fact, we're doing some re-roofing things like this week before this started um, or last week. But they were making the condo owners. They were were about to make them all pay like eighty thousand dollars each mm-hmm. for uh general repairs, and none of it being mm-hmm. specifically to this, but like they needed to do over nine million dollars in yeah. in building repairs, and they were going and collecting it from the people that were like, "Wait, what?" <laughs> you know, so it does sound like one hundred percent all of this, this deregulation, general um lack of attention or urgency. To something that is of utmost urgency.
5: Yeah, and it's um. So I, I, and I, I, again, we're gonna find out more about like what precisely caused this, but it is worrisome that there was. It seemed like there were a lot of warnings that there might be a problem. Um, and I read an article recently where somebody who was at one of like the, the, you know, the condo board meetings or whatever was like, well, you know, just a little bit before, I think it was like a month or so before this all collapsed, we had a meeting about some of the repairs that needed to be done. And we were told that we had, that the building had gotten a clean bill of health from the inspector and that we were, we were fine. You know, there was some stuff to do, but it wasn't, wasn't a serious issue. And that doesn't seem to have been true, um, I, again, I, I like maybe we're talking too much about this, but I do th- like this sort of thing is going to become increasingly po- increasingly common because a variety of, you know, not just sinkholes in Florida. Um, we're dealing with more extreme weather in places that hadn't gotten it before. Mm-hmm. Tornadoes in places that haven't gotten tornadoes. Mm-hmm. Flooding in places that aren't used to dealing with flooding. Um, the
2: fluctuation, like extreme heat and extreme exactly. cold. Back, and- the back and forth. uh Puts yeah, a strain on things too
5: and and all looping in on this is this unwillingness to deal with unpleasant realities, whether it's a a you know, the condo association not wanting to acknowledge that the problem is as bad as it is, um or it's the state itself not being willing to put up requirements for structural integrity of buildings that actually keep people safe whether like there's a bunch of different problems but it all a lot of it does tie back to this very american understanding that we don't have to take precautions or or concern ourselves with physical realities because we're we're americans and if we with enough mm-hmm. wishful thinking and money mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. we can we can allay material concerns like this, which I, I think is, broadly speaking, a chunk of the problem. And, and an example of this, the kind of infrastructure that, you know, we, we talk, and we'll talk more this episode about the kind of infrastructure that that Biden and his administration should be forcing through, the kind of infrastructure that our whole government should be investing more in, Republican and Democrat. But there's also the kind of infrastructure um, The kind of mental infrastructure, the the willingness to deal with hard realities, the willingness to accept where we are that you, you can't force through as the government, that is a cultural infrastructure. And it's this, you know, I think when we talk about cultural infrastructure, it's stuff like, why do certain cultures weather disasters well and like learn from them? Why do certain cultures not? Like what is... And I, I think we have a very brittle culture when it comes to our ability to handle disaster, um, and I don't know like where to take that. Um, but I, I think there's, you know, I think a good example of of the brittleness of it is the people who actually run the city of Portland are uh, are Ted Wheeler and a bunch of business owners, right? The Portland Business Association they're the, they're the folks who have hold hold the purse strings, who control the cops, who more than anything, direct like what actually happens in this city. And when we had our gigantic, horrible heat wave, and I, I'm focusing on Portland because I know the politics here better, but it, this 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 kind of thing happens everywhere. Yes, yeah. um, the three days of the heat wave, his schedule was completely clear. We don't even know if he was in the city. Um, <laughs> and we know that he was out of the city when the riots started last year, so this is a thing his. the thing of it.
4: He wasn't in the city.
5: Yeah, in fucking California, whenever the fires start, the people who have the money... And by and large, get to dictate what happens politically. Leave because they don't want to be near the fires, right? This is a thing that happens. Whereas you've got the the folks who were increasingly actually providing disaster services. Um, we're like a bunch of different mutual aid groups who have been providing, um, you know, kitchens and or who've been providing like cold water and cooling stations and stuff like that um which is how it always happens um in in, in, yeah. in particularly in Oregon but increasingly everywhere like you've got these the the political elites be they left or right will never stick around when things get hard because they have the ability to leave when things are hard and it's it's um up to those of us who uh either don't have the ability to leave or decide we're not going to leave our communities in the lurch to build the kind of mental infrastructure emotional infrastructure that that is going to make us capable of weathering the collapses to come anyway let's get back to talking about joe biden
4: <laughs> <laughs> good tangent i mean if there's anyone
5: yeah. that can uh
2: fix the brittleness of our our culture and it's joe biden right yes
5: famously the man joe i know biden. yeah
4: <laughs> basically gumby
2: yeah munching on fingers Doing that eye thing that happens, mm-hmm. that, that eye day. thing
5: when it fills with blood. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah.
4: Giving weird massages. Yeah. Um.
2: Yeah. Um. Uh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. I have nothing more to add on that a specific thing. I think you're right, and it's uh, it's just frustrating to see uh, all of this just play out as predicted, um, and. You know, when you're like when you're Joe Biden and you're having uh, these bipartisan talks, uh, surely he understands that half the people there don't think anything should happen. Yeah. Like the reason that they're participating in this is because, well, I guess we got to we got to do some sort of infrastructure bill like there's no driving force behind it other than politically Mm -hmm. like it needs to seem like they are obligated to do it um they don't actually believe these things are really problems and they they're certainly not that interested in, in investing any money into into fixing these things um because the method that will get a lot of money is taxing uh wealthy people <laughs> which they don't which they don't want to do um but uh one one thing i did want to add to your point about the conversation i do think it is really good and effective actually that it has shifted a bit to include other things and yeah. it was there was pushback mm-hmm. originally of like that this isn't infrastructure this isn't infrastructure but yep. by forcing the conversation and making people talk about it and explain what that means mm-hmm. i think it has convinced a lot of people yeah um i in a similar you way you see movement uh, from
4: you see some movement on that
2: yeah the i think the the window shifted a bit there and um in like in a similar regard uh every day <laughs> Uh, this conversation is still, is still going on, um, but with something like defund the police, that's something that everyone uh, – not everyone, but many people are like, no, thats it's too confusing. It's not what we want to do. It doesn't make sense in this and this. We should do reform the police, and then you have to explain, well, here's actually the – like the phrase reform the police, it's decades old. Mm-hmm. Where, where has that gotten us? It's always used to increase funding. That's what it is. That's why it's so, it's so yeah. broad and vague on purpose so that it could mean anything, um, and – uh, there's still so much pushback um that's very vocal but now it's not like we'll do the reform and then you point out like well actually reform is like very vague on purpose then like okay well then do like uh, re uh re uh, uh so, like put the put funds elsewhere like they'll they'll try to come up with a phrase that is more pointedly about reducing the funds of the police and putting them in other services which is not where the conversation ever really was right um and so i guess just keep going is my point because now people who were against the idea of defund the police are now forced Story. to forced to have, have like a conversation like okay then how do we phrase it so it's not vague and how do we phrase it so it is taking away funds and moving them to these services without scaring people. So it's just like the, the end point of policy is now on the table, even if the messaging is still kind of messy. Um, to so, be bringing
4: know, up the conversation in a way that garners enough attention to actually have the conversation as mm-hmm. opposed to something a a saying, a phrase that we've, we've had and ignored for a long time. Yeah. Um, yeah, I see what you I mean. Know, just, yeah. I mean, and and it's true. We these are things that we have got to be talking about and we need to be having the conversation. So, I, I see the point that you're making. Thank goodness. We have to take another break for the ad. Advertisements yeah. as they say across the pond. <laughs> um <laughs> Here they are. Shit. Welcome to the worst
0: year ever. We'll get through it together.
3: and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter. Everything is so dum 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 dumb, dumb. And we're back dumb, on
4: that dumb, 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 fun time.
5: Oh yeah. Shit. Shit. We're back as fuck.
4: So um fuck for ass. more of Whoa, this Cody. talking. Right.
5: Sorry.
2: Um yeah, so uh we can get into a little more specifics on like what could be in the bill um, I, I just wanted to, this, this interesting, this approach because he, there's this push for bipartisanship when obviously like, it's going to fall apart. Um, and then putting forth this idea of, okay, well, we'll do this, this infrastructure bill if Democrats do this reconciliation stuff and like, really like push through the, this kind of thing. So like the goal is already to do that. So it. It's just such a... It's such theater. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just frustrating to watch, like, clear and obvious theater just, like, play out. It's like, okay, and then this and this and this. And then they're going to say, well, if you're going to... Because already Republicans are like, well, if you're going to push this through in reconciliation, then we're not going to do this bipartisan bill. Yeah. Like, okay, well, yeah, obviously. So, like, what's... Just do it. Just do the thing. Um, instead of play acting that you're trying to get people on board when they're obviously going to abandon it when they find out that you're going to do stuff anyway.
5: But blow up the filibuster whatever. yeah blow up something um something <laughs> yeah and and I, it's very unclear to me right now maybe one of you has gotten a better handle on it what actual climate shit is in the infrastructure bill and what is in the one that they reached some so... accord with the republicans on and what is in the one that's being um reconciliation did it
4: it's unclear. So this is, yeah, this, is unclear, this is what I've found. This is what I clear to me, <laughs> yeah, found Sorry. in terms of what's actually in there. they've mm. they have agreed to a very vague framework that includes funding for roads and bridges, public transit, passenger and freight trail, electric vehicle infrastructure, clean drinking water, and broadband internet among a few other areas. The agreement goes into almost no detail beyond those broad categories with now lawmakers now working to get more specific as they transform that framework into actual legislation. So no, you don't have a deal. You haven't even gotten more specific about what this means, you know? Um, so no, not a lot because all of these policies environment, I mean, you could say some of it, electric vehicle infrastructure is more geared to climate change, et cetera. But for the most part, this feels pretty traditional. um, and so I think that a lot of the other the other things would be hopefully included in the reconciliation. But to me this feels fishy. <laughs> like mm. Yeah. Like we're not going to get that stuff. But like I don't know. Maybe I'm just jaded. Fishy or... Yeah, I yeah, mean, we it's should, like that. So
5: in theory, right, the, the thing that the White House is claiming is that the the Americans job plan includes nearly a trillion in what they call climate related investments, not all of which are what uh, people who really think about climate change a lot might consider actual things to fight climate mm-hmm. change. Um, but it's a mix of like attempting to, uh, uh, you know, additionally fund or whatever uh, in, in, in in sight seems like the wrong word, but attempting to like push up the electric vehicle market, uh, attempting to make buildings uh, and property more resistant to different kind of weather patterns that are going to be more common under climate change. Uh, attempt to, uh, and, you know, the thing that is, is broadly speaking an aggressive would be an aggressive you know attack on climate change is pushing the country's electrical grid to be carbon neutral uh, or carbon free by 2035. um so you know, it's not a Green New Deal. It's not nothing, but it might be nothing nothing because we don't actually know if any of that's going to wind up in the infrastructure bill.
4: Exactly. Um, yeah.
5: Like, it would actually, it would be, I think, mm-hmm. fair to say, based on the reading I've done, really significant if by 2035 we were completely carbon free in our national power generation. Mm-hmm. I also have zero faith that that, that could be done. Uh, b- based on the current political realities on the ground and based on the current political will to make any kind of... Uh,
4: That's uh, not very far changes. in the future, you mm. know?
5: It's not. Um, it's not. Um, Yeah.
4: Yeah. Yeah.
5: At least make it 2033
2: so it rhymes. Come on. There we go. Carbon <laughs> by 3 by 2033.
4: That's branding oh, right there. messaging, folks. Come on, God. Cody. You've Get missed together. an opportunity. President
5: as Cody Johnson... That- and Secretary of Defense Warmbow.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I don't, oh, God. I, I don't
4: <laughs>
5: know about that. <laughs> you think we're bombing Syria now? Wait till Warmbow oh, gets the This I a about to suggest
4: Warmbo be a guest sometime, but I don't think anybody wants that. I certainly no. don't.
2: I, I know you don't. <laughs>
4: I have a confession and that I love the character of Warmbo. The voice makes me insane, mm. as yeah. it does a lot of you. So you I'm hate on...
5: that voice even more than you hate Cody's time machine noises.
4: I do. I do. Ooh,
5: that's bold. Wow. Mm-hmm. The time machine oh,
4: noises war, are,
2: are He's crying in the
5: corner right now. He can hear you. Mm-hmm. But it
4: speaks to your talent, oh. Cody. You're so good
5: mm-hmm. that I can be really upbraiding that be. nerve. We could have him go back in time to the first time you heard the time machine oh, noises please, and see if no. we can if we can reprogram his <laughs> brain. Mm.
4: That feels like our like a Christmas special or something. <laughs>
5: Mm-hmm. um yeah. we're visited by the ghosts of uh, all just of the imagine people who the are going to in die that time from machine. inadequate infrastructure. So
4: many of our listeners are like, what are you talking about? Um, it's a
5: puppet. Cody owns a puppet. It's yep. a real problem a to hero. everyone who cares about him. Katie um, Golden made that local puppet. Local hero, Warmbo. Anyway. <laughs> so we've got some folks on the D side of things who are... At least to have expressed a commitment to like not let the White House get away with kind of leaving climate change focused policy on the cutting room floor to be able to say we got a deal. Uh, one of those guys is Ed Markey uh, from Massachusetts, a mm-hmm. senator uh, who said, from my perspective, no climate, no deal. I just won't vote. Uh, I won't just vote against an infrastructure package without climate action. I'll fight against it, um, which I Good. think is right. the attitude we have to right. have because every like, it's not- one
4: of them need to be acting like that.
5: Yeah. Call and it
4: making it the urgent emergency that it is when they talk about this.
5: Yeah. Fight like um, fucking hell. Sorry. Yeah, ahead. you have to fight like and it's this is the I there's a lot of things that are frustrating to me right now about the left. One of them is that so there's a um there's a push, it's like the force the vote movement, right? And it's this push to try and force a vote um in Congress on uh Medicare for all. And For one thing, it's kind of started based on a misunderstanding of how Congress works, um, and they've kind of altered what they're trying to force, I think it's Pelosi now, to do based on the fact that they didn't initially understand what the mechanics of kind of forcing a vote were. Um, I'm very much in favor of Medicare for all. Um, I also think that making this the big fight focus that you're trying to rally people behind is... um, less a less of an immediate concern than making keeping the planet habitable um i have i have a number of issues Mm -hmm. and i'm not one of those where we can only do this one thing when there's a serious problem but i do think the focus if you're going to force try to force action on something if you're going Mm -hmm. to try to build a movement that's capable of fucking and i i'm not seeing any signs that's capable
4: of fucking yeah yeah yeah. hell yeah it's Mm -hmm.
5: capable of like I do think we need a movement, a political movement, a grassroots one in the United States that is capable of, you know, carrying out something like a general strike or just a general strike in order to force action on a number of things. But I would put climate change at the top of the fucking list, right? Yeah, because I would it too. fuels everything else. Not only does it cause a number of healthcare conditions that will make people, you know, need more like that, that will put people in medical distress and as a result of that, put them in the debt. But it, um. It fuels the rise of authoritarianism. Um, It fuels uh, or it provides kind of additional... Like it's a big part of of where policing money is going right now, right? Like Mm -hmm. one of the things that that is kind of an underreported story is that after the Paradise Fires in California where like a whole town was wiped out, a really significant chunk of the people who lost their home in those fires still don't have a home and a bunch of them live in camps where they're being heavily policed by cops who keep getting more money to police homelessness or whatever, you know the fucking liberal politicians who throw money at cops for this shit because they don't want to see people, you know, in tents in their parks um, throw money at. And it's a, um, all of these problems are connected to a number of things, right? And you could say that, yes, of course, a better healthcare system is a part of dealing with this and would help these people, but nothing is as much of a of an immediate threat as climate change. And um, we're all guilty. I'm certainly not. We're all guilty. There have been some people who have made this, their only fucking organizing issue for decades and and all credit to them. I'm certainly guilty of having, and there were there, you know, I, I I might've argued at other points that there were, there were more immediate concerns just because uh, people with guns and whatnot, pointing them in our faces, R E, you know, the the rise of authoritarianism, the fascist street movements and stuff. But, but um, I think for me at least the thing I'm going to be focusing on is a mix of trying to push and trying to do whatever what little I can to enable people to um to take more organized action to force action on political action on climate change and yeah. to help different mutual aid programs that are that are dealing with making people more resilient to the symptoms of climate change. yeah and I, I think those have to be I think that's where there's a future. For the organized left, and I also think that's where it's kind of beholden upon us to to, to put our resources. I, um, I agree
4: yeah. with you completely, to borrow a phrase from even more news. Um, and it feels almost bad because it's me saying that this is this is the urgent priority that trumps everything else. Um, doesn't quite resonate in my soul because, of course, you know, authoritarianism uh, are – fucked up policing system the money that's spent in their healthcare, all of these are are vital as well but 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 if we have a limited amount of capital and pull what is the most important thing that that affects like you said all of that um and and again we have to do everything within our power to make that and keep that on the forefront of everybody's minds and to what you said robert this is just a tangent, you know, about Paradise, California, you know, I believe that there was a lot of trouble with, I'd have to look this up, um, insurance payouts and different things like that um, in terms of, of getting people, and, you know, a lot of people didn't own their homes, you know, and they've lost everything and have no recourse. But along those lines, now um, Northern California, you know, insurance companies might stop pr- providing Wildfire insurance, fire insurance. Yeah. What are we doing? <laughs> what are we doing here? Leaving people completely unprotected.
2: Well, that's the thing. Like it's um I, I won't say I disagree with anything that's been said. I do think that it's a matter of uh umbrellaing these sort of issues. Yeah. Um, like I think I have no I have no real yeah. issue with a force the vote thing on Medicare for all. Honestly, like
5: aside from like the me- the mechanics and the specifics the of it, the like, mechanics of it, right? My arguments, yes, but I don't have an issue with yes. But aside it makes from sense that, as like, organizing folks, right? Yeah,
2: and just like the the messaging of like we just got out of a pandemic, got out of quote unquote, um, and uh, healthcare is like I mean, it's still like the what the second. Uh, most important issue to voters it's Mm -hmm. like it affects everybody it's will affect people even more and more given Mm -hmm. all these uh climate scenarios um it seems like the current administration has completely dropped this idea of because obviously like he's not there's no medicare Medicare for all all from him i mean but no he's dropped the idea of like a public option i'm not saying medicare for all obviously joe biden is not for medicare for all he said he'd veto it But like, just as healthcare as an issue, as something that uh, needs to be fought on, Um, and it would be nice to keep that in the conversation. Mm -hmm. And yeah, like frame it in the context of uh, this as part of this this, conversation, this mutual disaster that we're all going to be experiencing.
4: I see that, Um, and and again, I don't. I'm not sitting here saying we shouldn't be fighting for Medicare for all. No, Um, I I, no, I don't think
2: that's what anybody. Yeah. said i just i i i want it to continue to be a part of the conversation because aside from this sort like the sort of force the group force the vote crowd it's ju- completely dropped off yeah um yeah. and like you can look at uh you know like reports like yeah Biden just like not gonna work on that public option that he that was that was the compromise the compromise was was him and uh very predictably, it uh, doesn't seem like that's going to happen.
4: He can't get um, anything done.
2: <laughs> but um, yeah, and just like being able to frame it in this way, like, yeah, okay, we just experienced a pandemic. What if there's another one? What about the of all these effects of climate change that we're going to see? Um, people need health care and housing and food and water and a lot of things um, already. And this is going to make things worse. Yeah. And um, yeah, for I sure. think I think really to your point, Robert, what you were saying is being able to talk about these things in that context. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. People experience this stuff every single year now yep. uh, in various ways. One yes. year it might be too fucking hot. and Next year it's it's a blizzard. Like it's, it's yeah. everybody is affected in myriad ways. And um, being able to talk about what you want to do to help people we want you to be able to go to a doctor if shit goes uh goes wrong we want you to be able to have a roof over your head if shit goes bad uh, all these things um say what you are able to do to help people in the context again of this mutual disaster that we are all slowly experiencing um
5: yeah, yeah. and it, it 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 it's tough to i don't know yes i agree like i'm not saying I guess what I'm saying is that if you're going to organize to try to nationwide force a vote on something, um, I, I think climate change is a more immediate thing. And I also think that you have a better shot of doing it because yeah. the infrastructure bill is currently up right now. Like this is the thing that's mm-hmm. being discussed right. at the moment. And so that's that would be my my uh my argument. Um not that I have any issue with trying to other than kind of some technical ones about like, well, that's not necessarily how the system works right 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 right, uh, yeah. right 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 right, yeah um but yeah I mean yeah it's it's
2: yeah well know, it's like it's I'm the sure kind of we'll thing piss it's, people uh, off
5: no matter how we frame this but uh, that's yeah not, of but it's not um, an easy
4: conversation there's not yeah a clear
2: yeah but I think that like really what it comes down to is yes they should exercise their power and withhold things and force people to go on record uh as to what they actually believe in and how they will vote and mm-hmm. Make America watch them talk about it, watch them debate this issue. Uh talk about the things that are affecting people's lives mm-hmm. um publicly. Um so yeah, I don't know.
4: Well I think that's it for today. Looking at our clock here.
2: Wait, Warmbo, any thoughts? God, no, he's, asleep. he's asleep. It's
5: fine. Oh, he's, he's a, asleep. He's asleep.
4: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't worry, Maybe don't worry
5: about Cody it. take a time machine trip back to uh-huh. when he
4: was
2: awake. <laughs> <he was> <laughs>
4: I'm going to stop recording. <laughs> <All
2: right. laughs> I'll pass on that uh, right. for, for the sake of our listeners. Um, all I, right. wish I mean, Katie. Um, okay. I'm going to stop.
4: Well, I haven't yeah. stopped recording yet. <laughs> thanks for listening, guys. This was a pretty good conversation. Uh, check us out online at Worst Year Pod on Twitter and Instagram, etc. And Et cetera. it's at et, et, et and
5: mm-hmm. t- that means- it thanks for listening Jeez. to Truthcast, Fuel it- Facts Pod keep on the it. I hate it. Keep I it. I hate keep
4: hate it. it classy, <laughs> like That's- myself with a crossbow.
5: I am now oh, canceling yeah, all of our Someone other podcasts. Someone send we're, me a, a picture of me with truth a crossbow. Cast Truthcast now. every day, every hour, yeah. on the hour. Every um, hour. No sleep for any of us. So the um, Truthcast will get I, increasingly truth more Truth doesn't unhinged.
4: sleep. <laughs> I will be your special guest on Tuesdays. <laughs>
5: all right I'll be guys your special guest every hour every hour on the until hour i start talking about the rothschilds <laughs> yeah, well, maybe we'll take a hiatus <laughs> for, for the for the
4: for, for everyone's sake the the episode
0: everything's <laughs> so dumb everything's so dumb and it's gonna
1: get dumber i tried yes daniel lovely
4: Worst Year Ever is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the
1: iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History class. No change to your routine, no extra time. Right now, they are running a buy one, get one offer. Hurry to smileactives.com slash iHeart today to receive this special offer with free shipping and handling.